Hello, my friends. Nguy here. I just wanted to thank you all for listening to my podcast, Small Excellence, and a special thanks to those who have subscribed. I am truly grateful for your support. You may find this hard to believe, but there are a considerable number of foods, pineapple, banana, guava, yam, papaya, jackfruit, mango, etc., that are grown in Jamaica and are staples of the Jamaican diet, but were not indigenous to the island. The coffee plant is on this list of transplants that come from foreign and thrived. The story of Jamaican coffee can be traced back to Ethiopia by way of France. Indirectly, that is. Let me explain. In 1723, Francis King Louis XV had three Arabica typical coffee plants sent to the island of Martinique, a French colony at the time. It is through Martinique that the Caribbean is first introduced to coffee, though the Arabica typica is a subspecies of coffee that originated in southwestern Ethiopia. Jacques-Charles de Bourgard, Denoré de Champagne, the governor of Martinique, in turn gifted the governor of Jamaica, Sir Nicholas Laws, a coffee plant of his own in 1728. Most of the coffee plants in Jamaica are said to have descended from that first Arabica typical coffee plant introduced to the island. Centuries later, Jamaica is renowned for producing high-quality, in-demand coffee that is one of the most expensive in the world. Welcome to Small Excellence, where I discuss various nations around the world. I'm your host, Nguy. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and share. Also, take a look at the Small Excellence website at www.smallexcellence.com. That address again is www. S-M-A-L-L-E-X-C-E-L-L-E-N-C-E dot com. This season, we are speaking about my homeland, Jamaica. In this episode, I will be discussing Jamaican coffee, and more specifically, Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee, which has a level of notoriety in the world. It's the country's caffeinated ambassador. There are many factors that make Jamaican coffee so exceptional. First on the list is the soil. There are two conflicting narratives on the type of soil involved in Jamaica's coffee production. Some sources claim that the soil is nutrient-rich, while others state the soil has a poor nutrient status and is characterized as having a more sediment-type texture. I'm no expert but I've hiked and camped in the Blue Mountains, so I'm familiar with the landscape and recall the soil possessing a more substantial texture than sediment. While anecdotal, I've seen how deep and lush the Blue Mountains' blue-green forestry is, and I'm more inclined to believe that the soil is nutrient-rich. Jamaica's landmass was formed by prehistoric volcanic activity, resulting in nutrient-rich soil. 
According to Jamaica's Agricultural Land Management Division, ALMD, there are 176 different soil types in Jamaica, with each having a unique combination of characteristics, such as color, texture, natural fertility, soil properties, and so on, with the most prominent soil types being Bonnegate Stony Loam and St. Anne Clay Loam. Bonnegate Stony Loam has no agricultural potential and is mostly related to bauxite soil. The clay loam soil, on the other hand, consists of a balanced mixture of sand, silt and clay and is ideal for growing. The sand grains prevent the soil from compacting, so it drains well and helps oxygen reach the plant roots. The extra spaces between the sand attract worms and microorganisms. The silt helps the sand and clay mix together and holds moisture. The clay is also negatively charged, which attracts positively charged nutrients like calcium, iron, potassium, phosphorus, and magnesium, which are important in plant growth. As for the sources that state that the soil is nutrient poor, especially in phosphorus and nitrogen, this lack of nutrients apparently causes the coffee cherries to mature more slowly and in turn influences the flavor profile of the coffee positively. Your guess is as good as mine as to which narrative nutrient-rich soil versus nutrient-poor soil is right. Second, as a tropical island, Jamaica receives about 78 inches of rainfall annually, though this average is higher in certain parts of the island, such as the northeastern slopes of the Blue Mountains, which receive between 118 and 196 inches of rainfall annually. The typical temperature ranges from a seasonal low of 26 degrees centigrade or 78 degrees Fahrenheit in cooler months to a high of 32 degrees centigrade or 91 degrees Fahrenheit in the warmer months. While the hours of sunshine are fairly consistent throughout the year, averaging about 8 hours daily. This combination makes the growing season quite long, from April through November. Finally, altitude plays an essential role in coffee production. The topography of Jamaica is rugged, and nearly half the island's surface is more than a thousand feet or 300 meters above sea level. This altitude serves as a natural way of regulating the temperature yields. All three of these factors contribute to what is a first-rate product. All right, because we jumped ahead from the first imported coffee plant to Jamaican coffee being coveted, I'm going to circle back around to coffee's history in Jamaica. From 1800 to 1840, Jamaica led the world in coffee production, averaging 70,000 tons per year. However, shortly after the abolition of slavery on the island in 1838, coffee inventory plummeted as the land of previous coffee plantations was reallocated to the newly freed people who were growing crops for themselves. By the 1890s, Jamaica's coffee industry was in shambles. 
government intervention in the form of laws providing guidance on farming and harvesting were necessary for the industry to course correct. Experts were even provided to ensure that the initiatives were put into practice. Quality control became the focus of the next 50 years. It culminated in the formation of a central clearinghouse for coffee exports in 1944, followed by the establishment of the Jamaican Coffee Industry Board, JCIB, in 1950. The JCIB was tasked with upholding the quality and reputation of the Jamaican coffee industry. In 2018, the Jamaica Agricultural Commodities Regulatory Authority, JACRA, was formed from an amalgamation of the JCIB and other Jamaican regulatory organizations. JACRA, along with the Ministry of Agriculture, assumed the duties of ensuring that the coffee standards remained exceptional. Now, what is interesting is while Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee is famous for its sweet aroma, low acidity, lack of bitterness, and rich flavor, it is not a singular coffee brand, but instead a certification granted to growers and processors based on several criteria which must be met in tandem. Coffee companies, both foreign and domestic, can be 100% certified Jamaica Blue Mountain Coffee once the strict specifications are met. The most obvious criteria is that it is grown in the Blue Mountains. It is also required to be grown at a high altitude ranging between 3,000 and 5,500 feet above sea level. As per Jamaica's Coffee Industry Regulation Act, only the parishes of St. Thomas, St. Mary, Portland, and St. Andrew are designated growing sites. Further specifications include a defect count, which considers the beans size, shape, moisture content with a maximum of 12.5%, and color, along with the coffee being wet processed. In addition, Jamaica signed a multilateral agreement sponsored by the Japanese in 2008 concerning testing for pesticide and chemical agent residues to a standard significantly beyond the international phytosanitary levels requested by either the European Union or other European countries. Globally, coffee production averages 19 billion pounds per year. Jamaica, in comparison, produces 5 million pounds of coffee annually, which equates to less than 1% of the world's yield. Coupled with 65 to 80% of the harvest being exported to Japan alone, this makes Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee exclusive and luxurious. Coffee manufacturing is very labor-intensive in all the stages of its production, processing, and sales. There are additional considerations with growing coffee at high altitudes, such as safety. Even the harvesting is done by hand due to the steepness of the slopes, which can be as much as 60 degrees. The Jamaican coffee industry employs approximately 120,000 people, making this an important contributor to the economy. As such, 
if any of the large processors get into trouble, the government makes a concerted effort to help them. Until recently, the government owned the two largest coffee producers on the island, Wallingford and Mavis Bank. The Coffee Industry Development Company is directly responsible for coffee production. It also assists farmers who own at least two and a half acres dedicated to the growing of coffee. Between Blue Mountain and High Mountain Coffee, there are about 10,000 coffee growers in Jamaica. The average farmer produces 166 pounds of green coffee annually. Each tree produces one to two pounds of green coffee. This means that the farms are quite small. The small farmers sell their coffee in 60 pound boxes of cherries to larger processors, which are then processed into 12 pound boxes of green coffee that will yield 9.6 pounds of roasted coffee. Despite this dedication and the strict controls related to the cultivation of coffee on the island, Jamaica cannot be considered a country with a robust coffee culture, pun intended. We are more tea drinkers, the influence of British culture, no doubt. Nonetheless, Jamaica is proud of its prestigious position in the coffee world. I hope that you have garnered some knowledge from this episode. What good, my friends? Small Excellence is expanding and is excited to announce our new online shop, Small Merchandise. The store features a capsule collection dedicated to Jamaica. Go to www.smallmerchandise.shop. That is www.smallmerchandise.shop and take a look.